0: Anime Pulse Episode 541 And welcome to another episode of Anime Pulse. I'm your host, Joseph. Joining me as he has been is Andrew
1: Chan. Hello, good to good to be back again. Yes. Back back home, I take it. Uh no, no. I'm well, I mean, I'm still home home. Uh, but I have I'm going back down to where I work on Wednesday. So yeah, I'm still home at the moment. Ah. Uh apologies in advance if i sound a bit different today than i normally do i'm still recovering i'm a little bit under the weather at the moment so you know slight slight fever symptoms slash flu symptoms coming up so yeah i I think i can hear it okay right (laughs) Uh, that's okay well uh try not to be too self-conscious about it but okay good confirmation
0: yeah, you definitely sounded down. Don't be too self-conscious about it. Man, you you, know, you just see a little bit of rasp in there and just get... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me really grind oh. home. Okie dokie, then I guess we can go ahead and uh, get into our IRL news. <laughs> and since uh, you went first last week, I will start us off this week. Well, for my week, I have had zero luck in Fire Emblem Heroes trying to obtain a uh, New Year's Camilla. Just. Or. Uh. Yeah, it's just. It's not been happening for me. I've tried again and again. I even got a new five star Uh character. Oh, who was it? Uh, Let's see here. I got
2: myself.
1: Uh, uh, Lillian Lillian Or Lilina um, Oh yes yeah I've got a gold version of her as well Yeah she's uh, the one with the Gold hair and
0: No the blue hair the no. Blue eyes oh. she's wearing like the Kind of like the nun garb Or like a nurse's garb
1: Oh she's like a red mage Is she a red mage? Yeah she is Ah, yeah, she's really good. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's a good draw. Mm -hmm. Good, good, well... So, it's good to get her.
0: I would trade in Uh, her for...
1: For that damn... just If I could just have her. Yeah. The luck... Actually, the luck on this New Year's banner has actually been quite bad all all around from what I've heard. Um, Like, it took me five draws before I got any five star. That was five attempts at that. And, um... My friend also had to wait till about his fifth attempt before he got anything as well. So... Yeah, for some reason, the New Year one is just very, just not very lucky. Not good New Year's luck with that one, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, I did eventually get uh, one of the New Year's characters, though. I got um, I got Takumi, though. Uh, yeah, and you lot. were hoping for uh, Azura, right? Azura, yeah. I wanted Azura because uh, she had a good, uh, she's a flyer, is able to do singing. I don't have many, like, performer-type characters, so having somebody who could do singing and also be a flying unit would have been... Yeah, it would have been quite useful. But I don't think I'm going to try this one again, seeing as um it, the luck was so bad in it this time, and I don't want to, like, go for two. Uh, What was it? But uh, the, the new characters are also... Have you tried any of those?
0: Oh, the Mikael and... Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other and, two? No, I did Sof. it once, and I tried for the blue. Like, I got one blue because I used the... Free redeem to try it and uh, didn't get it.
1: Ah, uh, okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, have you have you done all the other avenues of getting orbs, like the the other chain challenges, like I mentioned and stuff? Or
0: I've been trying, but like at the same time, mm-hmm. I've just been having hmm, i and not been having much luck. Uh, yeah. Oddly enough, I've been having a lot more luck when it comes to the story missions in uh oh yeah the game. Like, I mm-hmm. do exactly what you suggested, just I put um, I put my bikini-wearing Tharja at the front line, and people are just like, ha! And it just, like, is bouncing off her armor, like, clink, 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 clink. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just mm-hmm. like, ha, 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 kill, 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 kill.
1: Yeah, it's a very effective wall. Just long-range and close-range just can't deal with her, so... And the she fact... She only really dies if she gets ganged up on.
0: Yes, and the fact... Or if, like, the... Like, a blue um Mm -hmm. mage attacks her
2: yeah yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah but uh and and the fact that she has that uh ability to counter any um any ranged attack yeah so like it could be Mm -hmm. close quarters or it can be far away
1: yep
2: Mm -hmm.
0: it's great and it
1: actually works really good with the ai of the game because you know the the AI is pretty simple, where it's like they'll just if you're in their range, they'll go and attack whichever unit's in the range. So you know you can kind of really easily predict what the opponent's going to do. They're not going to do complex strategies against you. But you know, so if you're fighting a Tharja, one of these, you know that when she's attacking, she's not as as powerful. So they're not very good at using her because she'll just come up and attack you, and she won't have all those boosted stats. But then when you use Tharja, you your one will beat her just by standing still. If you have if you have two of those uh, Christmas Tharjas out there, um. The you, the player's one's gonna win because you're not gonna be silly enough to just go in and attack one. But the AI does. So it's it's also made specifically to kind of, you know, beat the bad AI of the game too.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh I've definitely seen that and I paired her up with uh mm-hmm. with uh Kongera. Or Kongero. Uh and uh Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I do is cause Kongero currently has a seal equipped that allows her to grant bonus defense to any ally she's in range with. And ah. also they're paired up as the uh as the uh support characters for each other. So basically it's like anyone who comes at is just like throwing rocks at a tank.
1: Yeah. And you can um you can really even maximize even more damage off her the other thing I'd suggest then if you're if you're still consistently using her is just check which um either defense or resistance you have higher on your Tharja. Um and then equip the appropriate special move that does eighty percent that more damage based on either the resistance or defense, depending on which is higher. So like if she has higher defense, do the one that, that says eighty percent of your defense becomes the damage, basically. Uh
0: so. my Tharja um Who's level forty now? I got her. Uh, I got her special little thing. Uh, she oh, has yeah. thirty six defense and thirty eight resistance.
1: Right. Okay. So you you want to go? She she does tend to more often than not have the higher resistance. So yeah, you want to go for one of the special moves, and you'll probably need to just get it from one of the other characters that uses her resistance instead to uh, to damage the opponent. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I think you you can just have her in complete close control for even more periods of time. But yeah, sounds pretty good. Anything else happen with the game? Uh,
0: not really. Um, I haven't had too much time to play it. This whole week, I've kind of been buckling down um, at work, which really hasn't been much to do this last week. It's been really light in terms of work, actually, um, which it's starting to pick up again. But uh, right after, in between Christmas and Easter, there really isn't that much in the way of shipping. So... I kind of get all my work done before the end of the day, and I'm kind of just sitting around doing nothing. It's nice, but not so nice, because unlike my previous supervisor, well, my previous team lead who used to sit behind me, my new team lead or my new team lead is basically my supervisor. So he sits next to me on the other side across from my cubicle. And uh, so it's like I don't want to like peruse the news um Mm -hmm. thankfully he gets busy at times so i can can just like check to see what the news is and during those down times where i have absolutely nothing to do where i've done all my calls i've made it through all of my updates on everything i've i've went and found as much work as i could possibly find and at this point i'm just answering the phone and dealing with situations Mm -hmm. as they arise
1: So you're you're being proactive in the workplaces, exactly.
0: I'm not I'm not trying to be lazy about anything. Like I, I sit through scrolling through our entire CDS board, which is thousands upon thousands of, uh, cabinetry orders. So I can find the ones that go to stores because you can just set those to go to the stores whenever they're first available that come to our warehouse. So it's great because you just see it's like ah. There's a date that's not set. Just go in there and set it for the store. That's when you'll get it, buddy. Uh, it's mm-hmm. really It's satisfying when you have a, <laughs> the OCD like me. You're scrolling through and it's like, oh, that date's not set. Why is it not set?
1: It's American Woodmark mm-hmm. 2. I can set this. I can yeah. set
0: this. And then you set it. and It's like it, ah,
1: much better. Yeah. It does sound like a, an ideal role for you if you you know if you like being that you know meticulous and those sort of details and stuff. So yep, and like I'm a good position to be in.
0: Yeah, I'm getting praised for it too. I think I don't think anyone who has been meticulous like myself has ever been in the position that I am currently in in the uh workspace for final mile. And the uh Arnoff leadership is kind of recognizing the fact that like holy moly, this guy's actually doing pretty good at what he's doing. And mm-hmm. I hope they let me stay in this position and don't try to make me do like, take over, like, a supervisory role, unless it's, like, team lead position, which is fine. I can do that because it's really not okay. doing too much different than I am doing now. It's kind of just doing the lion's share of the work and also uh, directing people as they come to you with questions, which is easy. Yeah.
1: But it's it would be basically a promotion, right, If you if you got any other offers at the moment.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I've talked to my operations supervisor about it. He's uh, he'd had me out on the lunch date at one point um, after our my previous team lead kind of just quit cold turkey, and he you know told me that like where do you see yourself? You know, he asked me that kind of stuff, and I was like, well, I'd oh yeah, probably see myself filling in for my previous team lead and doing what she did and kind of taking over her role. And he's like, that's basically what I thought. You know, what I think you should be going for as well. You know and you're you're mm. on your way there with the way you're working and uh, good good come nice to here come the new year when i get my full year review which will come in june of this year <sighs> i will be getting a new uh a new uh report basically or report score or card on my uh mm. on my i guess you could say my grades almost and yeah, uh, yeah. if it's anything like last time, I may be seeing myself get a promotion. And there may be a like, oh, so you're getting promoted. You're also getting a new title. You're going to be team lead mm-hmm. of the final mile division. You know, and hopefully by that time, we'll also have hired in a new uh, worker. So that way we can have the team back to full time status with me in my previous team leads position. We got two people on the phones and one guy taking over the uh the scheduling Uh, but i don't Mm -hmm. think my supervisor will actually be leaving our little cubicle setup um okay because we have a free cubicle right now because the guy who did the routing of the trucks is now in the main office
1: ah right okay so still vacancy there
0: yep uh been playing overwatch been having Mm -hmm. fun with that playing the card game and I've finally caught up on some three got to know lion. Ah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, this season hits home hard, because Ooh. each season kind of dealt with a very difficult issue. Like the first season dealt with loss, the second season dealt with finding a place or making friends, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and the third season deals with bullying. Oh. And okay. in my lifetime, I've been a bully, and I've been mm-hmm. bullied. Um, uh-huh. I was a bully in my elementary school days. I picked on okay. people left and right. I actually beat kids up for their lunch money, if you can believe that.
1: Oh, wow, the the, the typical, Yeah, the stereotypical, yep, the stereotypical
0: bully. Oh. I beat kids mm. up, and I took their their four quarters for lunch, and I bought myself ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, classy taste. Yeah, very, very much so. I got uh, creamsicles, which I still eat creamsicle. Uh, creamsicle mm-hmm. ice cream bars, and every time I'm biting into it, it's like mm, bullying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it reminds you each time, oh, yeah, see. a little nostalgia mm. bullying, just like mm, tastes like bullying. uh
1: <laughs> oh. but uh, uh so, so it really hits home then, you say, the
0: yeah, because after that, like it's it deals with like the whole issue of what do you do in that situation where Hina. Was trying to help her friend uh, Chisa, uh, Chisato, who is being bullied, and mm-hmm. you, you know, at that point she's like, you know, please, someone help her, and no one's helping her. The teachers are brushing it off. That happens. The friends are brushing it off. That happens. The yeah. bullies aren't going to stop. And what ends up happening is you bring the bullying onto you because the bullies see you trying to help the person that they're bullying, and they're like, you're in for it now. Yeah, and that's what mm-hmm. happens to her. Now she's being bullied and I've experienced all these emotions that are happening in this season thus far where it's like I've been bullied, I've been the bully. I know exactly when these people are saying these things. I've said that before. I've, you know, felt like that before. I've been in that position where also mm. um where our main character, he is just he's like I want to find the girls who are bullying uh, Hinaka or Hina, and just like beat the shit out of them, but he knows that won't solve anything, and it will just make matters worse.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, so so because this sort of this sort of issue, I suppose that it's tackling is a is quite close to home. and You've got more experience of it, you can sort of make a better call, call on whether it's also being handled well in the anime, which you know you'd say it's it's being handled quite well. Oh, very
0: much so. I mean, at one point, he goes to a teacher. Yeah, like the counselor almost who he deals with the most. And he's asking him questions like, how do I help Hina deal with this bullying? And the teacher's like, I can't believe she had that kind of teacher she went to. And he's like mulling it over and he pulls up a website and he's like, look at all these bullied and bullied, you know, solutions and stuff. And he's like, none of them really work. That's not the problem. Mm -hmm. And he talks about like, you know, do you want to help the person because you know it's the right thing to do? But at the same time, you know, if you do help them, it may ostracize them even more from the entire school because you got an entire school involved in this case of bullying. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so the people who used to be their friends are now leaving them. And that's a big problem in Japan. Not so much in the States, because in the States, the bullying happens less so in person and more so over the Internet. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. it still mm-hmm. happens in person, and it's you know still terrible when it does, but yeah, of course, I think in Japan, the bullying happens a lot more in person, and it happens to a greater degree where people don't do anything about it, where they don't say anything
2: right you know if and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. other
0: people who see it don't say anything, but mm-hmm. in America when you say something, you know, the whole school becomes involved and your friends stick with you. They don't leave you behind. Yeah. They don't abandon you. They don't say like, Oh, you know, you're getting the whole school involved in trying to defend yourself against a bully. No, your friends stick up for you too. If they're good friends.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a bit more of a kind of crowd mentality sort of thing. Like,
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I've been, I've been in that position where I've been bullied and I didn't know what to do. And I didn't tell my parents I wouldn't say anything to them because, you know, I'm a big, tough guy like me. Why would I say anything? I'm a man. And, mm-hmm. you know, at, at certain points, it just escalated too far where the bullies started threatening with knives and they started Whoa. You know, inflicting more physical violence. Whoa. And yeah, at those points okay. where it's just like, I can't really hide this anymore.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. When it, when it gets to something like edged weapons like knives, that, that's that's some serious stuff, yeah. So yeah, yeah, you have to take it for. Are you on the uh you know what side of the fence are you on in terms of like, you know, how you respond to them in general? Like some people some parents are more like, you know, you should just, you know, go through the authorities and just, you know, report it and do it, you know, do do it that kind of proper way. But then other parents are like, well, you should punch him back. What what's your what's your thought on that? Like what, what do you think is the response? I
0: have thought a lot about how I would raise my daughter to deal with bullying if she ever went yeah. through that kind of stuff and I hope she would never do it but if I were to have that kind of pr- that situation arise I feel like me personally how I've grown to deal with bullies is I kind of just ignore them now because I'm older and I just don't give a shit but when I was younger I actually had anger management issues and when the bullies came after me I would kind of mm-hmm. snap and just lay down on them. And more than wow. once I was called to the principal's office with the bully. And it made me look like the bad guy because the bully had a broken nose, cracked lips and bruised eyeballs yeah. and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, I did that to him and he's going to stop bullying me now. And the teacher's like, well, you went too far. And it's like, I don't care. It's going to stop him from bullying me. I didn't go far enough. You know? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of those situations, mm-hmm. the parents on the other side got very defensive about it, and they're like, Oh, you got to expel him. I was never expelled, of course, because my father was yeah. always like, we can bring this to the police and make that issue. And then the, the teachers and principals were always like, oh, no, 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 don't get the police yeah. involved. Uh, we'll just get the other parent to shut up.
2: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because okay, okay.
0: then that becomes a court issue. And my father's always been on my side when it comes to bullying, where he's like, you did del- your self-defense and that's all it's ever been with you. Because I'm never the one to throw the punch first.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, But to answer your sense. original question, with a daughter, um, I would have her try to confront the problem herself, try to mm-hmm. deal with a bully herself at first. And if it reached a point where she was actually being physically harmed, like she was being beaten up or, you know, threatened or, you know, even possibly, at you know, gone through rape or something like that. That's when I would probably just be like, All right, honey, you stay home. And then I come back and I've got, you know, bloody hands because I beat <laughs> the shit. Uh. Not out of just the kids who are, da- but the parents. I'd beat the parents up in front of those kids and be like, This is, you brought this on yourself, kid. Your parents are getting punished because of you. And I would not stop. Whoa. I'm very defensive. I'm like a big daddy when it comes to defending. If I were to defend my daughter, where it's just like, I will drill you through the stomach and kill you mm. if you were to touch my daughter. Very yeah. defensive. Uh, and uh-huh. yeah, it may get me into big trouble, but at the same time, I feel right in what I've done.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, what about, what are the consequences there after the, what if, like, you know, that your daughter could get taken away from you for doing that, though, right? You...
0: True, it could happen. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't hopefully let it get to that point. That's like a major point. Like something really bad happens and there's no punishment yeah. for the other side where it's like, well, I have to take things into my own hands because mm-hmm. you're, you can't get away with that kind of stuff. Like I'm not going to want a gun. Happen. I don't own any guns. I do own no. uh, several different sharp instruments, as we have talked about. But uh-huh. uh, I do
1: plan to own a gun in the future. Does the uh does the the bleach sword count amongst those sort of instruments or is that just like <laughs> uh that
0: that's a silly thing where like yeah I have the sword but that thing would be useless in a real fight. Um right. no, I have regular like combat knives that I keep um keep around oh. for like if anyone were break into the house like I got something for self defense. In that oh case. right. So
1: these are these cool like ones you get, like like in Counter Strike or something with the ridges on them and stuff. You know, the, the ones that have a blade on one side and almost like teeth on the other side. Those yeah. Sort of, like, so, yeah. Something
0: like that it. where it's kind of like I don't I don't bring it out no matter what. Like it's kept inside of a locked safe I got over here. Um and it stays there. And if anyone to break into the house, like yeah, I'd have to go and open up the safe, it'd take me a while, but it's definitely safe inside the safe. Um, yeah when mm-hmm. I do get it out When I'm holding that thing Even I'm kind of like scared Like to like Point it at people Because it's just That thing screams If I get close to you This will go through you Like a knife and butter
1: Oh it's that sharp huh? Oh mm-hmm. yeah
0: That thing cuts paper in half mm-hmm. Like I've held Like you could do Like just like thing Where like you take The piece of paper And you just slide the knife down It just ah, Right and it's through goes, it and splits. Yep. Yeah 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 mm-hmm. That thing is Dead Lee and uh, you know, yeah. Eventually, I'll I'll own a gun at some point, but oh, for nice. now, okay. I'm good with just uh, what I've got. Yeah, um, I don't. Uh, the gun currently is an expense. Like, yeah, I'd like to actually own one and have it inside the gun safe I have instead of the knife, because the knife you have to uh-huh. get up close and personal with the gun. At least yeah. you got some distance. Um, but yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. as it stands right now, I'm not too worried about. Uh, Where I live. Uh, When I move out on my own, I definitely will be getting a gun for myself, though.
1: Right, I see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What kind of gun would you be in the in the market for of interest?
0: Mm, Something with a lot of stopping power, but not something that is going to really be like like a really like oh Desert Eagle or something. No, I just want something that I can handle. I can use. I've used before, like a gun range. I know it well enough. And I can maintain it, like clean it and, you know, do the stuff that needs to be done to it. But yep. I don't want to own something that's like a power trip where I hold mm. it and it's like, yes, I can kill anyone who comes within 10 feet of my daughter. No, it's this is more like someone comes into the house. I want to be able to shoot them in the leg or in the shoulder and yeah. they will stop and they will no longer get up like they will just writhe around in pain. And then I can call the cops and get the
1: cops to show up and arrest them and take them away. Yeah, it's very responsible. Uh yeah. do you like uh do you like a revolver? How does a how does revolver sound?
0: No. I've no? listened to Tim and Weltall enough to know that revolvers aren't great. They have a higher chance of jamming. They look intimidating, but at the same time I'd rather just have something that has a mm. um has a cartridge that I can just load into the gun, pull back the you know, pull it back and just turn the safety off and do what needs to be done. Not something right. that requires you to load Fair each enough. individual bullet, you know, put it into mm. it, and you know, take care of that. It looks cool, but I've never yeah. been a fan of old westerns. Let's just say that. Ah. I've always liked okay. more modern-looking guns.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. The sleek, more kind of square look to it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that uh, that's a path we went down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Of course, you know, guns aren't you know, a thing here, really. So it's always interesting to hear from the other side where, you know, in America you can get a gun and everyone can own a gun and stuff. and Right.
0: Or, and and I wouldn't be bringing that kind of weapon with me when, if I were to go to Japan or, you know, but in America, owning that here, yes, like I definitely, it'd stay at the house no matter what. I wouldn't bring it with me if I were to go after the people who were hurting my daughter. Um. You know, I make it very, Personal in that case, because it is personal and guns are very impersonal. I wouldn't just like pop pop and be like, there, that's what you get. No, it's more like my fists are covered with your blood because
1: your son is hurting my daughter. Right. This is more like a punishment. This is more like a like a spanking taken to the next level, basically. Exactly.
0: Like I'm going to yeah. whip out the belt and bend the father over my knee and be like, this is what you get.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He, won't, he like, won't. take it. He won't take it down like setting. So you're gonna have to like you know, yeah. soften like, up first, and then then you can do that part.
0: Raise your son mm-hmm. better. Raise your daughter better, or else I'll raise her for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would be that. Anyways, that's a yeah. a light hearted and beautiful conversation we just had. How about uh, how how is your week? You got something better for us? Something to bring up the mood. <laughs>
1: well uh you know on a similar sort of subject i uh i fired a gun for my first time this week actually I've, oh yeah um, yeah yeah i i treated out a friend to um is it 40 shots a, a, a range nearby because you oh. know we'd, we'd never done it before and thought it'd be kind of interesting to try out um it was only, i only paid for him and you know they were just shooting the clay pigeons and stuff out the sky, and then um at the very end the instructor was like, Okay, don't tell anyone else don't tell anyone else this, but I'm going to um you know, gonna give you a shot uh so I was like, Yeah. So I got to four fire four of the last bullets that were left over. Um at some clay pigeons. So um, Oh was it like a, emi- a shotgun? Yes, yeah, so, uh what the shotgun that's got like the barrel above and below it, not side by side?
0: Ah, uh, uh not double barrel, but uh I know what you're talking about. I've seen them.
1: Yes, yeah, the over and under barrel thing. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those ones. So it could fire two shots. And um, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, it felt it well it, when I was first holding it. I felt a bit bit nervous, quite scared about it. Especially when she was talking about how you know how much the recoil could kick back and stuff. And you know, if you're not holding it very firmly or like you know against your cheek or your shoulder, it can like really hurt your. It, you can you, you could break your bone or something like that. I was like, oh, I was a bit worried about that, but. Now after the practice shot, I it was fine, and I actually managed to hit all three targets, so that was good. All three flying targets. The instructor was all very friendly too, so, and uh, I I could see what 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 she meant when she said that you know this this is a sport that gets addictive quite fast if you, <laughs> but it's expensive as well. So, um probably will try it again sometime in the future, but it was a that was a fun experience. So there was that Went shooting. Um, oh speaking of <laughs> speaking of beating people up for family. There was also the Resident Evil 7 DLC, though. Um, I did get to try that out. We talked about it last week. Um, I did play both modes. The first one being Not a Hero DLC. Uh, That's the one that's free. Um, Free, and they put it as complimentary DLC, where you get to play as an old protagonist, Chris Redfield. And it's a a really fun one. You get to see what happens to the last uh, Baker family member at the end of the game. Because in the end of Ethan's storyline, you don't get to track down the last family member Lucas he just kind of gets away and so Mm -hmm. you get to be Chris chasing after him it's a real power trip I'll give you that it's it's more it's a lot of it's for if you're if you've been a fan of the older Resident Evil games because it leans more towards being a cheesy action sort of piece where like you know you're now you're no longer Ethan who's scared and having to hide from anything you're now Chris and you feel powerful because his aim is better um, and he's able to do like melee cutscene-like attacks on enemies as well. Like you shoot them in the face, you run up to them and you punch them. Like enemies that would cause Ethan a lot of grief and have a lot of soak up bullets really fast, um, die to like two shots of like uh, Chris's handgun only. It's pretty impressive, but it's a very fun mode. Like it didn't last too long, but it's got enough in there to to kind of keep you entertained. And then moving on. There was also the um, the one you told me about where it was called The End of Zoe. And yeah, you get to play as like her uncle or uh, <laughs> Yeah, was the his name? Like, Jack's brother. Yeah, <laughs> and holy crap, it was, yeah, it was that. It was so cool because you get to be this kind of this southern guy that's like this old man. He's older than uh, Jack apparently and he just goes around punching all these zombies and he has combos to it as well. Depending on which left, fist left, you throw right, and which you yeah, he does. has got a rapid jab, he's got uppercut, and then at the end you get the power glove as well, and you get like this mechanical like, you get this mechanical <laughs> fist arm that's machine yep. powered, and you charge up your fist, Charging. and you just kind of like, yeah, it's oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. At, at, at the start, I also came across what seems to be sort of a glitch as well because it was it was pretty great. You you're you're carrying Zoe, and then there's like an alligator comes out of the the water, and uh, you know. You can't you can't do anything obviously because you're holding Zoe at that point so you put her down and I thought am I putting her down just so I can go beat up an alligator and I kind of did because you go out there and then I went up behind the alligator and I started beating into it and it just died eventually after like just taking all the punches but then I feel like it was a glitch because every other subsequent alligator we came across immediately turned around and instant kills you so I somehow man the AI was just not working with that first one. And um, he just let me beat into him and he does eventually die to your fists. But you're actually supposed to avoid the alligators because they, they expel instant death to you. Um, needless to say, it was a really fun mode. Um, well worth the price of admission. And it, it does add a bit of closure at least to Zoe. Because it felt very sad that she. no matter which ending you go for in, in Resident Evil 7. You know, her, her ending is still very similar in both. So this adds a little bit more of a complete factor to the whole game as a whole. So I I wonder if they're gonna make any more of this or if they're just gonna go into Resident Evil Eight. They haven't there weren't really any hints in this one about anything they're gonna particularly use in Resident Evil Eight either, so no, no big I obvious th- things. I
0: feel hmm. like this is the last piece of DLC. Like the end of Zoe is it. Like there's nothing left to discuss because Yeah. We know what happened to um we know what happened to both Ethan and his girlfriend. We know what yeah, happened to Chris Redfield and um, uh, Lucas. Lucas. And yeah. we now have complete closure on Zoe, uh, the new character, her uncle, and the father character who makes a reappearance as the final boss.
1: Yeah um that was a bit weird about that because you know there's there's so many endings to his story um i mean right. like jack himself uh, so it's weird that he just kind of comes back but it's one of those factors in in this uh this game where it's so cool that i don't mind if some of it feels like it doesn't make any sense you know just the fact that i'm sneaking up and like death stealth killing a lot of these like Crawler zombies, and then you get metal parts together. You combine it with a tree branch. You got a throwing spear, and he's just like a yeah. He's a real badass because you you go around with trees, lifting up bits of bark, and then finding like centipedes and grubs and all these bugs, and then you just stuff the bugs into your mouth to heal yourself. So this this guy is this guy's a piece of work. It's incredible. He's facing all these horrors, and he he really is used to it. He doesn't even hesitate for a moment. He's just like ah oh, motherfucker, I'm gonna beat the shit at he you. Just he just goes in there. So. Yeah, honestly, best best mode. I'm, I'm happy if they don't release any more DLC. Then, if that does turn out to be the case, uh, let's see. As mentioned, I did get uh, Takumi from Fire Emblem Heroes. So I'll I'll take mm-hmm. that. I suppose it's uh, he's a thief character. He's okay. I didn't. It was kind of the one I wanted the least actually, because he looked the least interesting. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> of the three, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's probably the case for you too. Um. But yeah, at least he plays okay. And then out, actually, out of the uh, new characters that came out, the last free set, I got the green-haired thief guy, Soph, as well. The the main character from uh, Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn. and He's also another thief, so he he plays similar. Um, hits more. He's a bit of like a supporter-type assassin, though, because he buffs up everybody that's around him and debuffs the opponent. So that's sort of his thing. Yep, so there's that. Cleared just a bunch of other games in general. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Metal Gear series. I oh, am. Yeah. Um, yep. We've finally finished all the way back at uh, Metal Gear Solid 4. And it was glorious. Really do like the Metal Gear series. I've only played through two of them. So next up is going to be Metal Gear Solid 2. Then Snake Heater, number three. And then hopefully... Then either Raiden's game, Revengeance. Metal Gear Rising, or perhaps we might just go straight to the newest one, which was the Phantom Pain. So it's quite a lot of game ahead of us, but yeah, nah, re- the, the, re- these games are great. Revengeance,
0: mm. um, yep, was a really funny game. Just specifically mm-hmm. like the the dialogue that they have. Like, <laughs> oh, is it? Don't fuck with this senator. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I see. Yeah, the writing is always like just cheesy in the right kind of way, you know you can tell he watches a lot of movies and there's also a lot of like otaku anime references in there of course as well he has this weird sort of charm to it and all the characters are very memorable including like you know even the side guy even this, this the, the guy who sells you weapons in 4 is memorable so yeah it was, it was a good game overall definitely worth it I don't get too much of that vibe that it was too cutscene heavy it was just as cutscene heavy as the other ones but when it came out a lot of people were saying uh, that it has it, it runs on too long at the end or something um there's one scene that takes forever at the very very end but uh apart from that it felt like there was just the right amount of cutscene per oh, gameplay the but i hmm? the crawling oh the crawl no no that, that's not there's a scene after that i mean I'm, oh, okay. I'm talking about the scene in the cemetery oh at the very end yeah like, that scene drags out really long at the end for some reason. But I know it's just try and finish it off. Because, I mean, that was sort of kind of intended to be the last game. Because, uh, like, Kojima, for the longest time, didn't want to make any more. So he was just trying to finish out the story. I mean, at least even in a timeline right now, I suppose. Because Phantom Pain takes place before this anyway. So this is really the end of the... At least the Solid, solid, story, solid Snake story. And I suppose, presumably the, the future anyway. Because, you know, Konami ain't got any interest in... Uh, making so many uh, direct sequels to it, or, you know, any direct ones to Kojima's work, which, honestly, it might be the right move for them. It might be a smart move. Not only did it kind of end okay, and it's good to end on a high anyway, but, um, but any Kojima's Metal Gear game <laughs> they make... Yeah, exactly. Any, and Any game they make in that series is immediately going to have people comparing it to Kojima. So I think using its name to make some sort of zombie shooter like they're planning on doing with the... I forget, Survive? yeah um, Yeah.
0: survival it's probably uh, survival. It's, yeah.
1: yeah it's probably the best they can do in terms of using the name and not being as compared to Kojima as possible to try and change up the form because if they try to make another stealth one or, or or there will always be somebody who will complain about the um either it doesn't play right or the cutscenes lack the same charm that Kojima puts in so they're better off if they want to just use the brand keep using the brand but just try to distance it as much from Kojima's stamp as possible it's just kind of how it goes so, there's that. Finished, I also finished uh, well, show, actually I would beaten the game once before. I finished playing through Dead Space 1 with my friend as well. You've heard of that series too?
0: Yeah, I have. In fact, the yeah. uh, that series is now dead.
1: It is actually dead, yeah. Um, yeah it
0: is now a dead it, series because EA killed off Visceral.
1: Yep, Visceral Games. Not too long ago, actually. I think just last last Halloween-ish. Yep. it's really sad. Really sad. Um, it does not end on a good note, that's a shame. And the last game that came out, free was disappointing. But you can immediately tell a huge difference going from 2 to 3. So, luckily, we still have Dead Space 2 ahead of us. So, I'll, I'll be showing him that one next. Um, the more action-orientated one. But we may, we may just skip the third game entirely because I didn't bother finishing it because I got bored. It was just, even the balances were all wrong. It was giving me a lot of health drops. Um, and no ammo, so it wasn't even like I was. Um, I was still dying because I had nothing to fight back with, but it was like a slow death because all it gave me were healing items. So I was just healing, getting hit, healing, and trying to melee the crap out the enemy. So, but I've heard opposite issues where people say they get too much ammo and no health in that game, and I don't even know why they bothered giving you a pistol at the start because you know I was under the impression the plasma cutter was like the default starting weapon and it is much cooler. Anyway, it's more thematic for. Those games, but I don't want to get too much into that. So, finish that game. Uh, finish anything else? Uh, did we finish any other? G- oh, I did try Cuphead. Oh, yeah, if you've heard of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if, it's as good as it's as um, anything you may have heard about it. It's a you know solid platforming game, lots of boss fights, very charming animation, everything's hand drawn. Um, I think. If you like platformers, you would like it. It's also really good co-op as well. Uh, If you've played games like Contra or Metal Slug, it might be up your alley. So I just want to recommend that one straight away because it's it's pretty fun. We probably won't finish it before I go back to Manchester, but definitely we'll be playing it again soon. Um, I
0: will say there's been a lot of uh, material popping up of Cuphead around the Mermaid. Uh a mermaid. Yeah, there's a mermaid boss in the game and she's uh if you ever played um if you ever played Shantae?
1: I have played a bit of the original one. Not any of the new, like more updated graphics one. Okay, I yeah. The, the, the more World updated
0: one. graphics one, there's also a giant mermaid in Shantae, and they're compared to each other. Um okay. but this one is very uh Voluptuous. <laughs> and so a lot of people have taken to her being like a very big waifu for Cuphead uh, material. Ah,
1: right. Okay. and sh- So she's like an c- upcoming boss or something that I haven't thought yet then. I think her a name's mermaid, something like
0: so. Calamaria. Ah, creative. So she, has like yeah, a, it- she has like an yeah. octopus
1: on her head. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, uh, kind of reminds me of kind of like Ursula from... Little Mermaid, because the octopus thing. She's an octopus. Mer-octopus.
0: Mer- yeah, um,
1: hotter as a human. Yeah. Hotter as a human? Yeah. You mean the mermaid girl, so she transforms from human to... No, the, the, uh,
0: the, the facade that the octopus woman puts on.
1: Ah, right, I see, I see. Okay. Oh, well, we'll get to that when I get to. That. I think I'm, I think I'm probably in the right area too, because there's like a boat and everything in this area. There's like a ship, so she might be the last boss of this, this last, uh, this second last sector of the game. Uh, but you know, with the naming as well, with the characters, the writing in this game is also really funny, quite witty. There's like a different pun every time you game over, uh, or you know, every time you die, basically. Um, depending on which form the boss is in, he'll have a different pun phrase. For instance, so it's just packed with lots of little bits of charm throughout it. So
0: <laughs> It's great when it shows you, like, oh, yeah, you were two inches away from beating the boss.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it lets you know. Uh, but it's, it's it's obviously, you know, it's disheartening in one way, but it also is a good way to keep you wanting to play, because you're like, oh, I almost did it. I almost did it. Just, if I just lasted just a little bit longer, maybe change a few skills around. Um, I go for the very kind of um, offensive main weapon, but defensive passives. So, like, you know, I've got the... Not passives, but the side skill I I use is a smoke bomb one that which gives me invincible dashes. lets me teleport. Uh, so that's defensive. But then I use the shotgun, basically. The shotgun spread gun as my wane weapon, which just does a lot more damage, but you have to be really close to the enemy. So it's risky in that way, but I've got a quick escape option, so I try and balance it out that way. And the friend I'm playing co with does the opposite, where he's got like all the he's got the homing weapons and stuff, but they do less damage. But he's also got a lot of um he he uses the um, passives that make it so that you get your special gauge faster and, like, fire a giant cup laser thing at the enemy. So yeah, it Which kind of balances that, out that, quite uh, well.
0: ultimate actually can change. You can change that up as well to be different really? things. Yep.
1: Oh, right, yeah. I've got, I have think I've got the invulnerability right now as, as, the other, as the alternate, but I don't have the third one yet.
0: Yeah, so. the third one's pretty interesting. It's definitely one of those maneuvers that you don't want to use unless you're completely sure that you can finish off the boss using
1: it right okay yeah because i mean like the the laser one is sort of the same way because there's especially if it's a scrolling level where the ground is moving or something and you use that special you, you you expect to get like a like a little jump or a little hop after using it but sometimes you just go plummet straight into a pit you can't use it to really break any falls right which i guess is probably why they why they put it that way because people would be people maybe used it abused it so they could just like land safely all the time or something i don't know after a special so there's that uh, I don't think there was any more other games, so I'm just gonna go over some comments and stuff now and forum stuffs. Okay. Stuff. Okay. Uh, okay. First one we have here is forums. First, we got uh, a message. Well, so I've mentioned this to you. A, a corrected direct, uh, message about the New Year's post from Queen Inoue. Um, you know when I said Attack on Good Taste. Uh, whenever she seemed to be talking about Attack on Titan, it's because uh, the message says yes. I did say attack on good taste, but the forum changed it to good taste. Ah, oh. so basically, uh, they along with uh, you know, sh- the word shit becoming poo poo doo doo, and the word the used to became become te before the folks at Video Game Pulse fixed that. Um, if you t- if you write the word Titan, apparently it autocorrects to good taste. So there's that now. I wonder, like, I I need to find the list of stuff that shows you what every word that changes gets changed into, because there I think there is a list that Video Game Pulse uh, mentioned. I just need to find it, probably in the admin stuff, uh, just to see what other words in there. Because apparently there's quite a lot of them that will just autocorrect into something else. So, there's that. Uh, On the forum topic about videos, uh, I got a comment here from MarGB. This might be off topic, but I'd really appreciate it if you guys could release your content on other platforms other than iTunes. Because iTunes acts up sometimes. Besides YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and whatever Android users use are other platforms that I think you guys should upload your content on to make it more accessible to your audience. We really appreciate the effort you put in every show you put out. Cheers. Thank you very much for that. Um, Just as a quick thing, I was talking about this with a friend, um, about how apparently you can access podcasts that are specifically on iTunes on Android if you use... Is it called uh and no, is it called podcast junkie? What's is is that? One second, look it up. Oh, it's called it's called podcast addict. So if you if you look that up, you should be able to access things on iTunes. But you know, still good other points about putting it on other platforms. I, what do you think about that? Can we can we get it on things like SoundCloud or Spotify? No. Should I message? I mean, it.
0: it we, I do have a Patreon, and I release all the content publicly to everybody, so you don't need to be a paying subscriber to uh, on my Patreon to access the Patreon ah. feed of for my stuff. And there is an RSS feed for Patreon in case you want to do that. So, I mean, yeah. There. If you don't want to use iTunes, you can just go to Patreon, or you can. Just, you know, listen to the show on the main website. So, yeah, yeah. iTunes does release it to everything. And if he's talking about, like, things, something that can download it straight to a device. Right. uh, it, I mean, we have the app as well. There's an Anime Pulse app that you can get. Oh, right. Really, which you allows you that. to yep yeah, download that. It's, not a lot of people use it. We used to feature it uh, heavier when Ichigo was around. But it does exist. So, if you do want to hmm. get your news and uh shows that way you can always just go through the app. But uh I'd recommend right now if you just wanna listen to shows uh you can download them through my Patreon account. They'll like they'll download to any device. You just hit the download button and boom you got it.
1: Okay, cool. Well that's good that's a good tip out there. Um and of course yeah, my Patreon just, is website oh.
0: is uh I believe it's Red Unit 10 but let me just double check. Okay. Uh, Yes, it is Red Unit 10, so it's just patreon.com slash red unit 10, and that will bring you to my Patreon profile where you can, if you wish to, uh, sign up to become a Patreon. The beginning uh, donation is a dollar. You can decide how much you want to give. It doesn't matter. Any bit helps Mm -hmm. goes towards the show, Um, and all the episodes for the shows, like episode 540 is already up right now. Um with the yeah. very amusing uh screenshot I used for it.
1: Uh five forty wait a second, is that the one where you used Oh that's right, you used the bat yeah, you used the bath scene. Yeah. <laughs> the iconic fight scene, your favorite yes. choreograph. What's wrong? Come at that's... me. <laughs> yeah, your uh what's his name? Your description for it also was uh just as punchy, had that flavor some bit at the end as well. Mentions the mentions that f- scene in a way of like how he uses tactical ways to fight including an in
0: anime about using everything to your advantage in a fight even your penis.
1: That's the one. <laughs> yeah, so nice touch there. Uh then moving on to the next forum post. This one's also by um wait a second. Okay, no this one's by Noaru? Noaru, I think it's spelled. Um I'm just w- uh, this is the new year stuff. I'm just here waiting to hear when Gundam The Origin is getting is going to get animated. So we have a Mecha fan. Those are few and far between these days from what I can tell. There aren't so many people who watch a lot of Mecha and they're, they're not getting a lot, you know, not a lot are so often being of pushed press. out nowadays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, well, the last really big popular one would kind of be Gurren Lagan, I guess. That was really popular or maybe Code Geass counts. If uh, you count Code let's Geass, see. It has when, did,
0: um, when did the Fabulous robots come out?
1: fabulous robots is that yeah uh, we're like the guy
0: the, the guy had like the uh the one that had like the uh, like the musketeer hat and oh he would that's star it, diver he would fight that's yeah, yeah star diver like when
1: did that come out uh one moment i will have a look at that star
0: diver. yeah did okay. you watch that one i loved it it was great especially oh. the fact like his interaction with um Like most of the enemies and the bosses after he finishes fighting them. Um, Yeah. Possibly my favorite one was after he was done fighting the girl with the green hair.
2: Uh, And like how
0: she, like, yeah, she, like, would always, like, make out with people through glass and stuff like that. And she was like the Ojo. She was like the Ojo-sama type.
1: Oh. Um. Oh, I, see, I see our picture here right okay I, I didn't watch that far ahead I don't think yeah like when later on.
0: he fights her and uh, like she like he kind of is like you know the cool boy and he just doesn't really care um about her like promiscuity but eventually he's just like fine I'll kiss you through the glass but then she rolls down the glass and actually makes out with him and it's like ah oh, that's fucking cool <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. ah okay cool so you, did you review that on the show? Maybe I missed that episode.
0: Uh, I don't think I did. It's I think that was in 2010,
1: by the way. Just to update you on that.
0: Okay. So it's it's and
1: quite and old now. It came years out in old.
0: 2007.
1: Okay, so this was after that, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Code Geass came out in 2008. Mm. Um, but what was yeah. the most recent? Like, there was another season that came oh. out. It was like Code was that... Yeah, there was like the Code Geass that. Um wasn't
1: about Lelouch. It was about something else. Uh oof, I don't know. That's not the one that's actually still being made or something right now, right? This is like a side story or something. Uh let's see here.
0: Code Geese. Oh uh, wow, there's a lot of Lelouch. Oh, there's a lot that came out, like the Nightmare of Nunally actually came out in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray of Darkness, Nunally in Wonderland, Akito the Exiled, Code Geese. Jeez, they're still making stuff, all the way up to now. Oh, that's a film. Oh. That's a film. That's an OVA. That's an OVA. Okay, maybe this is it lelouch of the resurrection oh no they're not going to bring back lelouch are they
1: wait in the next series yeah yeah they are
0: what no he's supposed to be dead that's the cool thing
1: yeah i've I've heard a lot of people are um sort of upset about that you know they that was the whole be thing what it, is. it
0: was <laughs> like yo know, what is he dead is he alive it was so cool don't bring him back
1: yeah he's no, a cool confirmed, character confirmed to life yeah mm-hmm. damn it yeah, you gotta to, it's too iconic, I guess, you know.
0: But I mean just you can't let it, let, this. let alone mm-hmm. a good thing, apparently.
1: Yeah, you know. Sort of sort of like typical Hollywood franchises, you know, you just can't let it die. We've gotta make our better version of it years later. So there's that. Um I got another post as well, now another post on the same same topic, New Year's. Uh and this one's by Marajibi. G B as well. Uh, anime wise, definitely Steins Gate Zero. I didn't know there was going to be another Steins Gate thing, which I'd be excited to watch as well. As for manga, I'm always looking for Attack on Good Taste and whatever anime that can blow me away. Life wise, I am planning to eat healthier. Last year I dropped carbohydrate carbonated drinks. Uh, this year I might drop pizza. I just started my very first real job as a chemical process engineer right off of college. That's congratulations. Uh, I am resolute to work uh, my ass off to prove myself and learn something new every day. Hope you achieve your resolutions, as uh, uh, resolutions, everyone. So, thanks for that post. Very good. Oh, well, I hope the new job goes well. It does sound like a very smart, technical job as well. So, good job in getting into that, I suppose. It's good. Um, wait, I think I maybe missed one. Our recording was on the 7th, so this one's actually as well after. Queen Inouye comes in with... I plan on getting in touch with my geeky side and play more games and read more manga. I also plan on getting better at my knitting and crocheting Christmas presents for 2018 so that they are done and ready by Christmas lol. I have been reading webcomics and I have a manga reader on my phone but some mangas aren't on there. There are ones I want to read but they aren't there anywho. I want to lose some weight and I plan on trying to get more exercise in it too. A tall order for the new year but I'm going to give it a shot. Well. Uh, like I said last week you do have two attempts you could always give them all a trial run right now and if they don't work out you could reformat your resolutions for Chinese New Year which is in February so there's always that but yep good luck to everybody with their resolutions as well back at them Um, I haven't really cleared out any of mine yet or planned any particular resolutions personally but I can now move on to some comments from the previous episodes as well Uh, that's all the forums done there's another one on the Gyo Tokyo Fish Attack episode, um, or Akashic Records, which was five three eight by Midnight Crew. So first uh, takes issue with some grammar stuff. You can go for that individual if you wanted. Um, he also takes pleasure in the fact that, well, I don't like ero manga sensei. It's it's when it's when you um mentioned that as the top oh well, no the second top character or something of the year i don't know which list it was but <laughs> yeah. he liked how i went into a rant um he says he went from yeah mm-hmm to a table smashing rant just wonderful so and then he moves on to talking about gil because um he's hoping that the junji ito collection show that's airing this season will do his stories justice the first episode was kind of eh but i'm holding out i'm holding out hopes i'm Mostly convinced they're unadaptable since a lot of his horror comes from the gritty art and clever use of page layout and using page turning to dramatically reveal the more gruesome scenes. Uh, Anyway, enjoyable show as per usual. Cheers, crew. Um, Yeah, I I do agree. I've actually watched the first episode of um, the Junji Ito collection and it was just kind of it as well. Didn't hate it though, but I do hope that it gets better and yeah... I could see that being there because his his art style is very is like super detailed. It's like kind of like the guy who does Berserk but in horror form. If you don't but then again actually Berserk has some horror scenes in it. But yeah, it's that sort of level of detail um that they can't really get across in anime unless they well they put a lot of time into it or they did CG and you know, and typically CG doesn't go very well especially in regards to Berserk to make that work even more in terms of paralleling that. So and then talk more about the grammar nats thing, um... And then, okay, yep. And then I've got one here from Marina Burt, saying uh, that Andrew's rhyming review was awesome, and I always enjoy his Eromaga Sensei rants. Thanks for the former. I don't like to think about that show in general, but I'm glad something, some enjoyment was gotten out of the, the latter. But thanks for the former. Um, and then... And then another correction, apparently. So apparently, you said that the Queen of Sundari was Rei Kumigami, but it's Rei Kugi he says. So there was that. Hmm. Um. Must be a slip of the tongue or something. And then, or last comments. Or pronou-
0: mispronouncing things. <clears throat> oh,
1: okay. I am known yeah. to do that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, it, ha- it happens to me too. You know, Japanese is not our first language either, so it <laughs> doesn't really help. Um. Then there's Midnight Clue, which is the last comment of the day uh, on our last episode, which was the top 10s. He um, says, you made a top 10 without having watched slash finished Hoseki no Kuni or Made in Abyss? No, I'm sure that a mo- that's a mortal sin in some religion somewhere. Even so, it was pretty interesting to hear hearing th- what someone's top 10 would look like if you removed those two generally beloved shows from the running. Having looked at several top 5s and top 10s for 2017, they seem to show up in most... In almost all of them, including my own. That aside, I enjoyed your little talk about Soma's uh Soma earlier in the episode. Uh, like I said uh, before, I really like those kinds of anime-related discussions. Uh, and anyway, befitting the theme of the episode, I'm gonna share my top five for comparison of whatever people want to make out of it. So I'm gonna go in reverse order because you put one at the top. I'm just gonna—it's more dramatic if you put the best one at the at the last. So. <laughs> Uh, five, Shoujo Shumatsu Ryoko, or Girl's Last Tour. Uh, four, Kuzuno Honkai, Scum's Wish. Uh, three, Kado, The Right Answer. I'm not sure what one that is. Uh, and then number two, Hoseki no Kuni, Land of the Lustrous. And number one, Maiden Abyss. So, yeah, those two ones you mentioned are up there. Um, actually, just as an extra note there on top of that, um, I, I you know, if it makes things any better, um, I've almost gotten to the end of Hoseki no Kuni now. And yeah, I would agree that if I was to make that list now and I actually finish it, it's very likely that it would have made the list. And probably some similar thing sort of goes if I had finished Maiden Abyss in time as well. So I do rate those shows pretty high as far as 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 far as where I'm at and I'm at right now. But, you know, it's too early to say for me in terms of Maiden Best* because I'm almost at the, just the beginning right now. And uh, Shojo Shumatsu is up th- would have been there as well, actually, or would have been up there. But, again, I have not finished that show, so, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. But, yeah, there's that. Looking forward to a new year of, brackets, hopefully, good shows and entertaining podcast crew. So, whew, bunch of stuff. That was all the comments for this week. All right. Yep.
0: And let's zoom on into our industry news. which we have uh, only a couple pieces. I'll get us started here Mm. with some more not great news. Uh, Apparently, we all know Japan has a bit of a uh, graying population. Uh Well, it's not any better this year. Apparently, fewer Japanese people got married in 2017 than any time since the end of World War II. So, apparently in 2017... Approximately 607,000 couples tied the knot, which was roughly 13,000 less than in 2016. This Mm. being the fifth consecutive decline and the lowest number of people getting married since the end of World War II. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which, uh... mm. Current estimations, um... That, uh showed that uh, two hundred and twelve thousand couples divorced during the period for twenty seventeen, uh, which is oh. down four thousand eight hundred compared to twenty sixteen, which is actually the mm-hmm. lowest divorce rate in twenty years. So yeah. more people are getting married and staying married, but less people are getting mm-hmm. married. So that doesn't It can also really be kind of skewed
1: out. because um if there's less people if there's less people getting married, I mean if there's less people getting married, then there's less people to have divorces, right? So. Kind, kind of. of. Yeah, so kind of skews that a bit.
0: But when they do average it out, like, in average-wise, we're looking at less people are getting divorced. Still, uh, that's great that people are staying together um, when they are getting married, but this doesn't bode well for the declining birth rates and graying population in Japan.
1: Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, makes sense. Uh... Well, this is always a problem you hear about really often in regards to Japan in particular. But, you know, I'm wondering if this is just because, you know, it's one of the... It's a country that's having this problem that's more higher profile or a lot a lot, a lot more people's radars, I mean. I'm wondering if the, this sort of thing is happening in other countries that we just, you know, don't keep as much of track on, you know. But uh it's blamed on multiple things, isn't it? This uh, the uh declining marriage and all that sort of stuff and childbirth rates. There's, there's all these different factors, so I'm not even sure which is what, which ones are accurate or not, at this point. Yeah, no. yeah,
0: and no. uh, that is uh, all I've got for that piece of news. What do you got for us yeah, for
1: okay. yours? Uh yeah, okay. This one's article speaks for itself. Uh, I mean the the what do you call it? the title the headline headline that's the one. During uh, so a so restaurant manager is arrested for shooting dozens of toothpicks into the face of an employee with a toy crossbow. So, yeah, um, it's a Korean barbecue-style restaurant uh, found over in Osaka Prefecture. I think I've talked about Osaka like f- quite often for the last few times I've been doing news, actually. But um, it's now under fire because three of its employees have been arrested because of um, three members of staff that have been apparently, well, abusing a victim, not just with the crossbow, as mentioned in the article, but through multiple means, through... F- ...physical attacks over the course of... ...the months... ...uh... ...and on January... ...the shop's... ...42-year-old owner... Maso Mukai... ...his daughter... ...uh... ...his... ...no... ...26-year-old wife... ...um... ...and... A ...25-year-old manager... ...were... ...all arrested in connection with... three accounts of assault... ...and one account of... ...bodily injury... ...so... ...the... ...okay... ...these are all like... ...allegedly okay... ...but the incident... ...the first incident occurred... ...in July 2017 where the, all three suspects hit the 35-year-old victim in the face dozens of times with a piece of lumber, which sounds painful as hell, and then another time, in, they uh, poured boiling hot water onto the man's buttocks and thighs. I don't know why they wrote buttocks. Nobody says buttocks, but... Um, my god, then like, it goes to like, a shot of the three of them, and uh, Mukai is depicted there of a flower up his nose. They, 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 it doesn't look particularly flattering, I have to say, they do look like the sort, I'd say. Um, but yeah, the threesome of, are charged uh, of also tying the victim's hands together. It just gets worse and worse, this. Placing a tissue on a piece of wire, lighting it on fire, and then shoving it up the victim's nose. They're very creative with their methods of torture here. Um, this isn't just the, the regular sort of, like, workplace abuse. This is, like, they're at, this is almost going towards Saw territory here. Uh... But the most severe incident was when the three suspects apparently used a decorative toy crossbow small enough to fire toothpicks into the victim's face dozens of times, uh, according to the police who confiscated the, uh, the 10 by 12 centimetre crossbow. It's capable of firing toothpicks at speeds up to 100 kilometres per hour, must be that particular one, because uh, it's made in China. It's one of those uh, little miniature you know, crossbows, bone arrows sort of stuff that are being sold in China right now. And, um, you know, it's co- causing some problems There have been calls for regulations. But in the example video below, it actually clocked in at speeds up to 140 kilometers per hour. So that's pretty dang fast way to shoot toothpicks at people, I suppose. Much more painful than like a rubber band or something like that. Um, although the victim had been resigned from the restaurant following the toothpick incident, his family have contacted the police, who led an investigation... Um, and upon arresting Mukai, he checked his phone and found images of the victim with toothpicks embedded on his face. So it's kind of pretty damning evidence. And what's worse, uh, well, what's more, they have also already confessed to it. So Mukai has admitted to the charges, but he did say that the it was this was, was all caused by money trouble between him and the victim. Apparently, he, he the employee had been embezzling money from the restaurant, uh, according to him, uh, and the amount of money that that is claimed to be embezzled is. Unclear as of now, so yeah, it's pretty serious. Gotta say, um I mean, uh, it just kind of speaks for itself. I don't really have many, uh, much else to say about Just like, if your boss is yeah, just the the wires up your nose, but are on the tissue that's on fire up your nose is very oh, that that just like I'm surprised nobody noticed it any sooner with like the burn marks and stuff, but you know. Oh, don't know the full context of what happened, but uh, my gosh, yeah, that's that was terrible. I don't even know what you could have possibly done if it wasn't if it wasn't the money embezzling. If they were just awful people, who knows? It's a scary world, mm. scary world. Choose yep. your job carefully. Very yep. much.
2: Yeah,
1: and that's it. Yep, that's
0: it. That's it. Okie dokie. Well, I guess we'll go right into our reviews. And mm-hmm. I will start us off with a review. I'm calling how to in, uh, in... How am I trying to... I'm trying to pronounce a word I've forgotten how to pronounce. Inadvertently. How mm-hmm. to inadvertently lose your harem. I had a little brain fart there. <laughs> Whew. Uh, probably because I lack alcohol. This is a, an alcohol-free episode of Anime Pulse. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. Yeah, we're, we're both not on it. Today. Yeah, mostly because I don't have any. <laughs> ah, I drank yeah, no, mine no, yesterday. No good after-dinner kind of alcohol to, to drink before dinner. Um, anyways, yeah. to my review. <clears throat> so, back in the spring yeah. of 2015, I watched and enjoyed an anime about a guy who wants to make a really good visual novel and recruit several women to help him create the game, most of whom want to be his significant other. It surprised me back then, as I had figured it just for another romantic comedy harem that goes nowhere. But my statements at the time told a story of how fun and amusing the series was. Mm -hmm. Looking back on it now, though, the first season of Saikano was character introduction with a sampling of conflicts that the main protagonist had to help the girls in his employ overcome the second season striking home that only one girl ever had a chance at winning the main male character's heart, and she didn't even need to try. Let's Mm -hmm. recap, though. Something the first episode of the anime does for us. Tomiya Aki is making a visual novel with the help of Eriri Spencer Samarua, an artist, Utaha Kasemigaoka, an author, and Megumi Kato, the model for the main heroine and a Michiru Hyoda, a musician. Another thing this first episode does is give us a little more backstory behind Eridis and Utaha's introduction to one another, and the realization that they are rivals for Tomiya's heart who respect one another. It was a nice relaxing way to bring us, the audience, back in without blasting us with a ton of new information to the process while we try to recall who everyone is. The season goes on to show us the release of Tomia's game, which does exceedingly well, but created issues for Ederi. You see, our Arrow author feels like she has hit a wall and kind of stops drawing. The Uh accumulation of her problems leading to Megumi taking issue with the fact that Tomia didn't seek help in solving Ederi's problem. Not that he actually solved it, no, he just... Put a band-aid on the main issue without resolving anything. In fact, it's not until a third party by the name of Akane Kasaka shows up that Ederi is able to return to drawing, something that causes her to break down as she feels she has betrayed Tomiya's trust. I should point out that Akane, who for all intents and purposes feels like an antagonist, broke Ederi from her block in a way that I'm being metaphorical here, felt like she was raping her. It was pretty intense. (laughs) It is at this point that I should have noticed all the foreshadowing, all the writing on the wall that painted a clear picture of Megumi becoming number one without so much as having lifted a finger. In fact, I think she realizes this and becomes way more aggressive in her personality in helping Tomiya with his next project. There's even this whole episode and a half where I felt like she was coming to terms with this change, going as far as to sleep over with Tomia where she played wife and then cut her hair. A change that typically spells death for any character, here felt like she was shedding her old self and was being reborn as the true main heroine. Meanwhile, Ederi, Utaha, and Michiru are all on the southern side of the window, biting on a handkerchief as they notice this change. They probably don't want to admit defeat, but it's too late for them at this point. Even Utaha, who pushed the envelope and stole Tomiya's first kiss from Ederi, felt like she was desperately trying to throw herself at him, as to not be forgotten. But alas, it is too late. Especially for Michiru, who didn't even show up until the final... Minutes of the last episode. Talk about being late to the game. Hell, even Izumi, the little sister character type, has a better shot at Tomiya than Michiru now that she is attending his school. Almost felt like otaku everywhere wanted Megumin to win deep down in their hearts. The animation, returning from the second season, is A1 Pictures, who have been behind other works like Gate, The Seven Deadly Sins, and Sword Art Online. A1 uses colors and perspective to really nail some of the best moments this season has to offer. And the way they include a completely different style for Ederdy's artwork was pretty cool. One thing in particular I was always drawn to were the eyes of the female characters. The style which I found very attractive. Not that the rest of the girls weren't attractive. A1 subtly making the everyday female motions of a female character feel rather erotic. Of course, I didn't mind that in the least. The voice acting, I still have to tip my hat to uh, Kiyono Yasuno for her work as Megumi, the voice actress. It's not easy to play a moot character type, but she nails the role. Even when Megumi was changing Uh, Kiyono didn't have any trouble keeping pace slightly altering her tone but without altering Megumi's voice now that is a trait I applaud sadly though it seems that in recent years Kiyono has gotten less and less VA work Hmm. hopefully if they do make another season she'll be back and of course my favorite character last season Utaha took this award for her Yandere-ish vibe often projecting one of the female characters' personalities from Tomiya's visual novel. And while she has a few moments in this season, I have to say that Megumi Kato won me over. She was funny, Mm. she was interesting, and she gave Tomiya one of the best death stares I've seen in an anime. Like, holy Jesus. It was real good, like, yeah,
1: I'll show it to ya'. Tell me, oh, yeah. I just clicked it here. I've got the review up. Uh, where she's looking down. Oh, yeah, she's looking down on him.
0: This is before she cuts Mm -hmm. her hair, and he's pleading with her, you know, basically, like, please don't leave me. I'm very sorry. Like, I need your help. And this is where she's like, (laughs) she, like, he looks up and he sees that. You look up and you see that, and you're like, (laughs) you're gonna shrivel up. Like, you're just like, oh uh you don't have a knife right (laughs) (laughs) oh my god but yeah she was basically like now you come to me okay Mm -hmm. fine but you had better fucking realize that I'm the waifu here and you better not fucking try to pull some shit yeah (laughs) oh man it was so good Ah. So yeah, uh, Sanai Heroin no uh, Soda Takata Flat or How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend Flat gets a download now.
2: Mhm.
1: Yes, it has a very high score here as well, eight point nine. So I assumed it would be yeah. something around that line, around that range. Good. Better as, than the first season or about the same.
0: uh, uh I'd say better than the first season. I can't be sure um what did i feel about the first season i think it was better just because uh megumi's character kind of comes out on her own now and she kind of really like rails home that yeah she she's the breadwinner here like she's gonna be the final choice and in the previous season, she didn't really feel like that. She just felt like, you know, she played the very typical like background character and she even, you know, acts like, you know, at points where she just disappears and they don't notice that she's gone because that's the kind of character she was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, this, this was a good season, very intense moments in it. And yeah, it definitely, definitely better than the first season. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Definitely better. Okay, cool good to hear. Right, so that's that one of the books. So Mm -hmm. I guess I'll move over to my closing one now. Um, This week I'll be doing a okay, so um, I'm gonna make good on something I said a while back and take a look at a series of anime based off a a certain line of light novels. While our conversation prior was in regards to the second season I thought it was best to start with the first one um, and cover the first season of A Certain Scientific Railgun. So uh, let's jump straight into it. So the story is set in a place called Academy City, the purpose of which is pretty clear from the name. It's painted as futuristic, as a futuristic utopian setting. Uh, Nice break from the usual sort of dystopian future I tend to run into a lot in media these days. Uh, the place does run as a sort of scholarship program sort of thing for students who attend as all the attendees have or have the potential to exhibit Esper-like powers based on scientific principles, usually. So it's kind of like X-Men, but like the whole city is the Academy. Uh, is like the Xavier Institute. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just full of people and powers. We follow a main cast of four middle schoolers. The main titular character, Makoto Misaka, who's named the real gun after her powers her best friend Kuroko, who can teleport, Uiharu, who's Kuroko's co-worker with the student police force called Judgment, and lastly, Uiharu's best friend called Satin. So the central plot revolves around the case of a potential item that can make an Esper's power literally level up, and unravelling that opens up another case that hints at the dark practices going on behind the city's squeaky clean image. Uh, The story starts out pretty light, and is in fact more reminiscent of some sort of of slice-of-life show, or even a cute-girls-doing-cute-things sort of deal. Uh, With the cases, they deal with uh, being as minor as someone abusing their powers to draw thick eyebrows on people's faces, but eventually it does escalate to an action-chase scene involving mechas, so there's that. Dotted around are also a bunch of fillerish side plots, like the obligatory beach episode, which, you know, because they can't actually leave this big city to go to the beach, it's all holograms and stuff, it's like you're... Well, holodeck from star trek or something like that um so you you can have them in all these different sort of scenarios but you know it's basically a beach episode because they're in swimsuits throughout the whole thing uh the versions of these are i mean the best versions of these are the ones that actually build towards kind of world building through the focusing on specific characters or showing how other components of the cities work such as the academy's equivalent to a SWAT team uh, ...called Skill-Out... ...not... ...is it called skill out? Fuck... ...anti-Skill... ...sorry... ...anti-Skill... skill Out's the gang... ...uh... ...on top of that... ...the better ones... ...also do more than just... ...introduce characters... ...but also foreshadow... ...or introduce story parts... ...that come into play later on... ...so like... ...during a, a part where it's focusing on a SWAT team member... ...it it shows her returning a missing item... ...to a girl who becomes integral to the plot... ...at the very end... ...so... ...all that sort of stuff is all built out... ...to help make those more filler side sections... ...not feel like such a waste of time... Um. Overall, I'd rate the story in the manner in which it is tackled in the show, case by case. Some of them feel like time wasters at best, but on the other hand, some of the best storyline uh, best storyline points have a distinct shounen-esque feel to them that are packed with some really compelling character moments. What did help get me through more of the meh parts of the show, however, is that for some reason I ended up liking most of the characters in this show. They are by no means super deep or complex, but the chemistry between them feels pretty genuine by the end. Misaka is a good leading protagonist and is presented better in this scenario than any of her appearances in the other series index where she's kind of just like a stereotypical Sundari arch you know archetype character who's always going Sundari at the main guy. More soon than Derry, really. There are definitely parts to the characters I don't care so much for, however, with the group, such as you know, there are just various side quirks. Like Kuroko's Yuri tendencies of Misaka can get a bit draining. Uh, Saturn's thing about flipping Uihara's skirt. A lot of the time, it doesn't feel like they add that much, but like slight character development, I guess. Uh, but it's like it's tinged by how they feel like they're there just to cram in some fan service that doesn't come off as funny. And the way the show seems to think it uh, uh, as, as the way uh, the show seems to think that the fan service is funny, and it doesn't come across that way. I mean, and also reminds me a little bit that I'm watching something uh, by the same writer who did Index. But besides that, I overall left with a pretty good impression of the characters overall. Even the ones that cameo from the sister series a certain magical index like its protagonist Toma comes off a lot better in this series than he did in his own. Okay, uh what, what else is there? Uh yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah the studio behind this is JC Staff, who have produced such works as Shirobaku Shiro Shirobaku Shirobako. Shiro Shiro Shokugeki no Soma and Azumanga Daio, which I've currently been showing to a friend as well. I do think that they are one of the more better studios out there. Their visuals and animations tend to be pretty good and the show, it applies to this show as well. Uh, I found myself quite pumped when it got to its more actiony parts and they do that kick-ass thing where you know like an action scene happens and then they play the opening from the show, um, sometimes with the credits already over the screen and it just kind of adds a lot more excitement to it. It really adds that epic feel. It makes it feel like the opening was composed just for the show, you know? Uh while I'm on that note, I think I did I think they definitely nailed both the openings to the show pretty well. And in keeping with Misaka's electrical powers, they're both very electronic sounding, very um not dubstepy. I I don't know the music terms. Just very electronic, I guess, is the way way I'd put mm-hmm. it. Um The setting itself of Academy City is just also quite well realized. Uh, The elements feel close enough to our time where it doesn't feel like it's alien stuff, but there's just enough futuristic touches here and there that give it that sort of... uh, It gives it its own sense of identity. I also really like the power aspect of the show in general. I mean, the concept of linking them with various science-y ideas and stuff, just science fiction stuff, really, because, like... it's, it's It's cool to the point that it can distract me from nitpicking at it too much. Um... You know, even when it gets to points where it's pretty much straight-up magic that's being committed on screen right now. Uh, Misaka's creative use of her electric ability, beyond simply shocking her opponents, like, you know, Pikachu-style, and instead using electromagnetism to fire coins like a handheld railgun, is very creative, and it's fun to watch as well. Um, I think that sums up a lot of how I feel about the show, I think. It does have its problems, and a strange level... A strange level of focus that just kind of goes in and out uh with its overarching narrative but the the cool aspects of the show are just good enough that it's uh that it doesn't just level it out and make it even but it actually genuinely pushes it into i think the good category for me personally so yeah uh i think that 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 but does it actually uh, because it is a bit of a show uh, the, the cons is that it is a bit of a slow show at the start and um You know, the show shifts focus, like I just said, uh, and it may throw a lot of people off with that. And also the fan service at times uh, borders on cringy at times for me as well. But the pros are that the OPs are hype and the EDs are decent. The characters and their dynamics are pretty good and they manage to break free from their prescribed archetypes so that they kind of feel more like people, which is... Not something you get. I, I guess in that regard, that's what really differs it from a cute girls doing cute things sort of show because they actually manage to feel a bit more like people than they do character archetypes. Uh, the plot the plot has its share of epic moments, and it feels quite well constructed with the elements they do reveal, and it's often they often explains something that will come back into play later on, and that feels kind of natural and well kind of constructed. I didn't manage to fit this in anywhere else in the review. Um, but I did think that there were times that it did manage to also be kind of funny at times. Not laugh out loud humor, but it does help add some charm to the the characters and it makes it feel like, yeah, they, there's a good dynamic between them. They, they have serious times and they have fun times. And it's good to kind of have that to add that charm factor to the show. So um, overall, I give a certain scientific railgun a crackers. It's not a masterpiece, but has enough going for it that I can say I was entertained during... My first and second watch, and probably we'll probably watch it again at some point as well. And I was satisfied after the fact, so, you know, entertained during, satisfied after, that's all I ask for. Now, in contrast with this, I just wait till I get around to covering another anime from the same franchise that I dislike, you know, like Index at some point. But, uh, yeah. That does it. What?
0: Well, you don't like Index, but she's super adorable and not annoying at all.
1: She, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm glad you said that sarcastically. <laughs> Cause uh yeah, that's she's one of the big problems with it. Like, oh god. Like, just oh index herself and then just uh oh, the story. Uh we, we can go on for a while about that one.
0: Yeah, know. that one does go on uh a, a bit. Um although I will say, like the first couple of episodes were like yeah, I th- I can't find like not a lot of people like covering it like how epic it is, but like the first battle he has against Index when she goes into you know her uh, weird mode she goes into yeah yeah where yeah, like yeah. she's calling mm-hmm. upon all these different powers to try to fight Tomia yeah. because of his hand and she's like you know trying to recalculate and figure it out like what the fuck is with I can't t- why can't I defeat him why and like yeah. he you know mm-hmm. he's stopping a giant laser with his hand. But then, like, she calls upon... And, like, the other people are just standing around, like, holy fuck, this is crazy. Yeah. Mm. And then it eventually the feather hits his It feels like an sort
1: of anime scene, doesn't it? Like, it feels like it should be happening yeah. around in episode 12 or 13. Uh, so that's, that's a strength in terms of his animation and stuff, because it feels epic in that way. But it also, it, it kind of counterbalances itself in a way where, you know, he's doing all these, like, speeches to these other characters about how great Index is or whatever, or, like, how much he wants to save her. And it just flashbacks to the scenes that they've had together. And, like, if you had this at the end of the series, you'd probably have a lot of animation to show on top of that to be like, oh, yeah, I remember those times. Those were good times. But, like... In the context of these first three episodes, he's only just met her, so it doesn't have that same punch of like, oh yeah, I want to save her because of the times we've had, you know? Even though they're putting flashbacks on top of it as if like, you know, they've built up a relationship, which they haven't really. And then season two tries to match those two up together, and I don't like that either. You you haven't watched season two, have you?
0: I have. I've watched all the seasons oh. of Index. Oh, okay.
1: Right. Okay, yeah. It tries to like hint that she likes him too. It's like, oh no, please don't do this. I'm more of a fan of uh the chick yeah. that shows up
0: in two, so yeah, there's the a few different up. girls who show up and <laughs> a lot. yeah uh, mm-hmm. there's um the one he fights, like the chick who wears like the top that ties around her she ties around like her her bust, she has a sword she
1: the w- yeah oh oh yeah 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 her, yeah mm, I know who you mean, yep,
0: I like her she- as like his romantic to choice better. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Right. Although I gotta uh... say, I do like um yeah, I forget who she is, but I also like the uh, the other chick who shows up with the blonde hair. Um, And like, during her first meeting, she doesn't know who Tomi is, and she grabs his hand and like, yeah. it undoes some spell of protection that was put on her. Uh-huh. I was like, ha-ha, you fucked yourself!
1: Uh this is this the one that's like has the painting and he's having to chase after her for a while during the school festival. Yes, so there's, there's, and... there's quite a lot of blonde girls. Yeah, okay, so this one, right?
0: Yeah, and like mm-hmm. it, like the very end of it, like he does, as he does with most people, he punches her.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does. He punches, He shows no mercy. Gotta say that's that's a weird a weird thing that I can kind of like give it is that he he doesn't hold anything back like a lot of anime would. He doesn't just punch. Girls, but he also punches like little girls, like lollies. Like I think there's two incidents in season two where a lolly gets punched as well. Um, so yeah, he doesn't hold back on it. And I also have a theory that he's like, he's a Saitama from One Punch Man, before um, when he was a student or something, because he gets the one, he gets the one punch, and it basically kills most enemies in one hit. Even though he's got no superpower to that, you know, he cancels powers. But he can instantly just finish anybody in one punch. It just breaks their will. And he's got a similar ha- hairstyle to Saitama from One Punch Man before he, um, you know, went bald after training. So
0: He's punched so many people. I just, like, I looked up, like, like oh, compilation. Uh, Punching compilation where he fucking punches everyone in the face. Like, he punches... Everybody does. uh He punches a nun in the face. He punches... Yep. Oh, um, man, yep. Mm-hmm. He punches... Uh, the, the mm-hmm. blonde haired girl in the face. He punches. Yep. Um, what's that white haired dude's name? Uh,
1: Accelerator.
0: Accelerator. He punches Accelerator in the face. I think the only one he hasn't punched in the face is uh, the railgun.
1: Yes. He held off on that. He was going to, but then he f- he felt bad for her because she flinched. So Right. Yeah. He's like, oh no, you can actually gun. defeat me. Yeah. So he he gives up the fight and pretends that he got hurt, which just pisses her off even more, because, you know, Tsundere. So, yeah. yeah and then, like, in the
0: second one, they talked about, like, he has some dragon in his hand or something like that, and it, that's what really uh, lost me.
1: Yeah, I don't know, they don't really flesh it out enough for me to know really the real purpose behind all that, or the real reasoning, or... because like, it can't be displayed... It can't be explained by either science or magic, apparently. So... Typical yeah. special main character chosen one sort of you know that sort of bullshit. you the chosen one. Yep, that's <laughs> wow. Because you, you McGregor in the in the in the call. Really good. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, and there's uh, there's Hayden Christensen. Hope he isn't. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the best I can do. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Good uh it's good. It's actually it's good enough acting to get into the prequel Star Wars films. So, <laughs> oh, it's better Jesus. acting than you get in actually some of it. Oh man, uh, yeah. It. Oh. I don't like sand. It's rough. Of course, of course. it gets uh. everywhere. Oh. and then he ends up with not like here, and that's supposed to be his charming line. Oh. yeah. There's nothing charming about that
0: relationship. Where it's just like, no, you—you are a little kid when she was that. And then also, if it feels really weird. Like you're really weirdly hitting on her, dude. Like back
1: off. Yeah. That sort of happens, doesn't it? He's like hes, he's like a like. he—he looks older than he, than the way he's acting. He looks like a really like young teenager kind of guy the way he's acting, and um, but yeah, not at all like a Jedi monk-ish guy. You know, a lot of people hate Star Wars Episode 1, you know, the very first one of the prequels. But I actually hate 2 more simply because it has this really cringy romance in it. Hmm.
0: Well, I guess that does it for another episode of Anime Pulse. Yeah. I thank everyone for listening, for sticking around to hear us talk more about uh, Star Wars and punching people with your magically cancelling fist. Mm -hmm. And uh, until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong.